Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find hidden gems. I'm Ichi the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. Hi. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no, uh, we're no? just gonna go right into it, cause we're just gonna go into the news here, um, cause we don't really have anything funny to say. No, um, we, <laughs> we got all of our introductions to each other over with before we yeah. started recording, because... Well, okay, a, a little behind mm. the scenes thing then, uh, so, yeah. uh, basically it was all on my end here, because first there was a big fan going on from the apartment next door that was making really loud. I had to wait for that fan to go off. And then uh, as soon as that was done, the HG's neighbors are doing the Jesus screech. Yeah. Like there's a church that's like literally just right next door. And like, there's like three walls, no four, five walls in between us and the church. And I could still hear them. And it was affecting the recording. So it was like, good Lord, please. No. Uh, but, uh, no, literally, good lord, please, stop it, please. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, uh, like, and it's, like, and it's also, like, s- almost 8 o'clock. Like, 8 yeah, o'clock it's a little PM. later than we usually record, but that's okay, because it's on a Friday, which means we don't have work in the morning, or I don't. Well, I have work in the morning, but I don't Oh, do, well, let's hurry up. <laughs> well, no, I don't have to go to bed soon. That's, okay. That's not, but, uh, no, I'm just, it's just, uh, the, uh freaking uh like it's it's eight o'clock and there's a church thing going on i don't know what's going on i don't know if it's a special celebration or something but whatever uh no so don't just, you know it's the feast day of saint bartholomew but the Bartholomew. feast day of saint gargamel yes <laughs> saint Gar- <laughs> they're gonna they're dining on smurfs mm, um, delicious <laughs> mm. All right, so uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is about a subject that is close to my heart, uh, or something equivalent to that. Uh, so uh, Saudi Arabia has uh, lifted the ban on uh, American films uh, for the first time in 50 years, uh, and one of the first things that they showed up there was the Emoji Movie. Yep, <laughs> that was how they decided to reintroduce the artwork of film to their country. <laughs> Uh, potentially to wait, argue for the band to be put back yeah like i mean like okay so here's the thing uh the, this uh, is good news to start no, no, like, this is excellent stuff, yes. news but oh, definitely, it's, it's, yeah. good. it's good news 100 uh-huh. percent um and uh there's nothing wrong with like you know that kind of subject uh it's just uh let me like the thing is like okay it wasn't just uh it wasn't just the emoji movie. Um, from what I can glean, they also had uh, the uh, what was it? Captain Underpants. Uh, yeah, Captain Underpants. That was one of the other ones that they've uh, brought over there. And I'm trying to pull up a list of any other things that might have shown up as well. Um, 
Oh no, sorry, no, it was not fifty. It was thirty-five years. I apologize. Um, yeah. No. Uh, basically, it was all due to like some weird thing in the nineteen eighties where some ultra conservative uh, like people got into power, and uh, they didn't like the idea of public places where they mixed men and women. So they just ended the cinema because of that. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the Emoji Movie is one of the first things. And it's just... One thing I I know about, like, a lot of the reason why, like, the Middle East hates America is due to things that are just, like... It's not... It's, like, because of how the way their society is, like... uh, It really hates like how certain aspects of our pop culture where it's very crass and commercial and very uh like it it leads to like kind of like vapid kind of like anti-god kind of like mentality and kind of stuff like that uh and it, it just it's hilarious to me that the first movie to come into uh the middle like into saudi arabia uh, after this ban is one of the most crassly, crassly commercial movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Like more so than even something like food fight. Cause at least food fight wasn't properly released and nobody cared. <laughs> hey, HG, buddy, the joke's going to be on you when the emoji shuffle leads to uh sweeping reforms throughout the Middle East. <laughs> God, how the, f- Oh my God, please. I-, I forgot about the emoji shuffle. Why did you have to fucking remind me? God, <laughs> I'm trying to block out so much about this movie altogether. I mean, but, you know, you know, I, I say all that stuff before and I say that as a position of an American who, um, you know, only has kind of like a uh, basic understanding of a lot of the politics over there. Not, And so it's like it's basically like overall, I would say this is a good news situation. This isn't like me getting mad over, oh, this is the first movie they see there. Oh, no, it's like whatever. It's they finally got a movie and I don't know. I just I, I'm just I'm war- I'm curious about how like if all the same commercial aspects went over there too cuz like there's ads for so many different American products there left and right that I'm not even sure they even get there. So it's like I don't know. That is a good question. I'm not really sure. As like, someone who follows, like, uh, politics and stuff, uh, this is sort of, like, part of a trend of, like, a, like, a, like, liberalization that's been coming through Saudi Arabia, which is good because the country needs it. Because it has several backwards and regressive policies that are, uh, pretty shocking. No, yeah, for sure. And, uh, it just, are they gonna understand the Just Dance section? Do they have Just Dance in the... Uh, Saudi Arabia? I don't know. Um, maybe, I mean, I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm sure. I guess that's a big franchise. Maybe I'm just... Oh, maybe I'm just, like, not giving them enough credit at See, times. I live I live in the heart of America, and I hardly know what Just Dance is. So... <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> well, I mean, are they... But, but there's not a... I, I don't... I still don't understand how there's a Just Dance app in a phone. Like, is that a thing? If it is a thing, how does that thing work? Yeah, you I kind of need the screen to look at it, unless it's like a rhythm tapping game or something. Which, but that that is a conversation for several weeks ago, months. Yes, yes. <laughs> so In fact, I think I might even had this conversation too. So I don't even care. Um, yep. So let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, so the next bit of news is that uh, apparently they're going to make an Enchanted sequel. 
Yes. Yeah, it took them enough time. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's a shame. Like, that movie really deserves one. Yeah, Enchanted is a... Well, I mean, I don't know if it deserves a sequel. Not because uh, it isn't good, but I don't think it's like a movie that needs. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like it was very self-contained, and I thought I thought it. Yeah, it seemed like a very one-offish idea to me. I guess uh, in the sense where I say that it deserves one, I mean more in the sense that I feel like it's underappreciated. Oh yeah, the, you, it's it's high quality, and I'm not going to argue with that. I do enjoy that movie a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's uh, basically they're almost done with the uh, script for Enchanted. And like, I looked it up. It's been 11 years since the first Enchanted came out. Oh, no, 11 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I feel like Indiana Jones, like, no, no, no. I feel like the guy at the end of The Last Crusade who drank from the wrong cup. Yeah. And like, like uh, no, no, not the, wait, yes, the last crusade. Boy. Yeah. Like that guy. I feel like him and I'm like aging rapidly because you said <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> whenever, like, whenever people bring up how long like a thing in, from the past has been, it, it makes me feel appreciative that I've been alive for so long, you know? Yeah. It just feel it just feels like it was so recently, like so much more yeah. recently than that, that I saw it is all. It's like. It's like, remember the days when Disney really sucked <laughs> and then they made a movie like a channel and that was actually good. And that was actually kind of shocking. <laughs> That's a good movie. And that is, that is cool cartoon news. Yes, I think it is that cool. they, uh, it's going, I've heard like a title being thrown around like disenchanted apparently. Hmm. I mean, here's my question though. Uh, so basically after Princess and the Frog, they, well, well, during Princess and the Frog, they basically reopened a huge section of their animation studio, uh, to, for the 2D stuff again. Uh, and then when Princess and the Frog basically didn't do as well as Disney wanted, uh, they kind of just pushed it back. It kind of like, like from what I understand, it's basically a husk and doesn't really have a lot of same stuff. So are they going to have the 2D segments? And if they are... Are they going to reopen a whole section or are they just going to, you know, cheat and make it a CG thing or something? Yeah, I don't know. My guess is they still if they don't have enough 2D animators floating around. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they have plenty of 2D animators. It's just their studios for their feature film stuff. Yeah. is like basically not there anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's like, uh, like maybe they'll get Disney Toon Studio TV Studios to do it, but then, they, but then if they did that, it's gonna be probably really low quality unless they like really, really push them hard. Um, but I don't know. It's a, uh, it, I'm, 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 I'm happy because well, I, I do think there's, I do think there are ways we could do interesting things with Enchanted, but I'm also mm-hmm. a second Enchanted. Though I do think that I'm also not sure, like, because back when Enchanted came out. It was still pretty big to for Disney to basically subvert their own bullshit when it came to Disney princess stuff. And now basically Moana is a Disney princess who has no love interest, is an adventure like action oriented and, uh, you know, doesn't like it. Basically, she is a, a powerful woman character who doesn't need romance. And uh, she becomes the leader of her tribe. Or, you know, her island. And it's like, does Disney still need to subvert that kind of thing anymore? Or are they, what, what, I don't, I just don't know. Like, they've done so many subversions at this point. I'm not sure what they were going to do that will be 
Unless, like, that will kind of, like, add to the experience, I guess. I have an answer. Mm-hmm. Have a Disney princess story that st- stars a guy in gay romance. Boom. There you go. Okay, yeah, that would actually be genuinely really good. <laughs> wasn't there wasn't there a conversation about that a few weeks ago? It wasn't two male partners. It was two female partners. They were saying a potential LGBT uh, Q um, yeah, the, Disney the, the, princess, the guy, and it caused a stir. Because yeah, of the, course it did. The guys behind Moana said that uh, they they're they're, they're getting to the point where they're uh, looking into maybe doing a gay the possibility of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, that would be something mildly subversive, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I like, mean, well, I, I, I I'll be honest here. I, I have a little bit of a kind of a mini rant here. Uh, when that when that announced news came out, there was a lot of people who are basically going on Disney for saying like, oh, Disney basically went to the last possible moment and like was to the point where uh, like, you know, where it was completely marketable that the LGBT was actually marketable. Then they were going to go in and now they're going to make a Disney princess, uh, not when we needed it. And it's like, okay, we still live in a time where like the only, I mean, we have Steven Universe, but basically other than that, uh, I think we have... there's there's nothing there's no gay content well, on and kids I, I think anything. I think the I think the overwhelmingly negative response to the mention of the possibility of a gay Disney princess is evidence enough that we do actually still need it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and, and also it's not like Disney hasn't like marketed towards gay people yet. They absolutely have. In fact, no, that's just, on- just not just not in a, just not in it's and that's not what we're asking for. We don't want something marketed yeah, no. towards gay people. We want something no. marketed towards. I would I would argue in equal amounts straight people. <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. You know, like you know, it, it should be yeah. It, as long as it's a thing that's not marketed directly towards and only gay people, that's what I wanted. I want it to be for yeah. everyone that stars a gay prince or princess. You know, yeah, and but honestly, that's like. And like you know what? I, this has this has nothing to do with the news that we brought up. But like, go and finish your thought. But I'm just, well, I, I'm just, I just like, I, I'm someone who, like, I grew up desperately scared of my own sexuality because of how people would react and how a lot of the media treated it. You know, and if I got a gay Disney princess movie. Uh, on the film, I would be sobbing the entire time because it'd be like, oh my god, I actually am seeing myself on the screen for once from a Disney movie, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think we, I, we, we all agree it would be a very good thing if something like that happened. Yeah. Um, and this is this is a great conversation, but we're a little off base and we have other items. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, I have a smaller one I want to talk about. There's a uh, adaptation of uh, some Roald Dahl uh, uh, poetry, like a poetry book that he did called uh, Revolting Grinds that's coming out. Um, and it's like a short – I think it's a short. I'm not sure if it's a f- feature film. But basically it's uh, it's all about messed up versions of fairy tales. And uh, it has some – it apparently, it doesn't have a lot to do with the original stories, other than the fact that it takes some of the ideas of it from it. Uh, also, the big bad wolf is a central character who's telling a lot of these stories, and he's telling it to a woman uh, who he got set up on a blind date with, I think. <laughs> I think that's what it's supposed <laughs> to be. It's actually pretty great. Um, 
And uh, the great, the big bad wolf looks pretty great in that. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I suggest looking into it. There's a trailer up on YouTube, uh, and it's a really neat looking thing. I think I, I like I like seeing adaptations of Roald Dahl uh, from anyone really because I, I think a lot of his stuff is genuinely really good. But okay, uh, so did uh, either you have anything else you want to talk about? I do. All right, go ahead. So, a couple weeks back, or I think maybe one or two weeks back, I'm not sure which, uh, it came to light that Disney was considering and then decided to pass on a uh, potential Haunted Mansion TV show, like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, the, you could also find this uh, relatively easy online at this point because basically it's not it, like what it was. It's not like a pilot or anything. It was just like a pitch um, and it came from like an artist. Oh, God, I, there was I think she was uh, I can't remember who it was that uh, Shannon Tindall, the uh, I think the director of Kubo. Yes, that's right. Uh, one of the directors uh, or like someone who worked really close on Kubo at the very least. And uh and she wanted to do a Haunted Mansion show, which starred a little black girl who was going through the mansions, going through the mansion and meeting up with like all the 99, 999 haunts there. And the pitch has like this really cool thing where it's like that famous uh, painting that that's of a ship that's on the sea that gets shipwrecked and stuff like that. And she just climbs out of it, like sopping wet. Uh, and it looks really, really cool. I, I, oh God, yes, it does. I uh, I have a I have a uh, interview right here. I just want to read like a uh, little like snippet from it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, go ahead. My goal was okay. My goal was to take inspiration from all the backstories created by the area set uh, WED, aka the name of Disney's Imagineering Division, and stitch it into one giant narrative. The story would span several years and focus on different characters, but add to one big interconnected story. If you like, if you like going to like the backstory of the High Mansion, like all the uh, like sort of story cruft that's been built up throughout the years, you know that there's a lot of stuff there that she can play with, that she would have been able to play with. Which is, it's just wanting that they didn't go through with this. Yeah, I, it definitely looks cool, and I would love to have seen this uh, project. Same, uh, I. Favorite ride at Disney World. I mean, I I could hear the voices of people saying that one of the strengths of uh one of the strengths of the Haunted Mansion was that it is one of those kind of things that Disney was really good at early on with their rides, which was was you could sense there was a bigger story, but they really didn't explain it, you know. Um, and that was part of the thing that people had a problem with the Pirates of the Caribbean after that got big because. Um, yeah, the, the the Pirates of the Caribbean basically had nothing to do with the ride, other than some imagery and stuff. But uh, like, what happened is it got so big that it enveloped the actual ride and started adding a narrative to it, which where there wasn't one before, you know, because um, they added like Johnny Depp and everyone's looking for the fucking Jack Sparrow and stuff. So uh, on, like on, I think that the there's a pretty major difference between the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Which is just a, uh, it is just a sloppy fucking mess now, <laughs> and uh, and, and it, like like a very a very commercial one at that, and uh, and a, a haunted mansion TV show that would be put on what Disney XD maybe, like yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like there would be less opportunity for influence there 
than there is but, with the Pirates of the Caribbean. But what if it was a huge hit and Disney needed to market it at their parks because they I, want to go I on the ride I, that's based on that TV show that I really like? Would they I've, have added her into the ride or something? Or like, I don't know. It's not, are, are it's you, not out of the realms of possibility. I'm, I'm not I saying mean, there's there's a, there's a there's a non-zero but very close to zero chance of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, not well, not anymore. It's not going to exist. Yeah. Like, but, I, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you get I, what I'm saying. Like, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Disney is a place. Disney's known for going into, especially nowadays, to go into their rides and change things uh, to suit to a more modern audience. And sometimes it's for the best. Sometimes it's for the worst. Yeah, I think and, I think one year I went and the the haunted mansion was all nightmare before Christmas style. Oh no no no, no. that's a that's a thing that they do every year actually. It's like a oh, holiday uh overlay sort of thing. Oh yeah, that was that was probably 17 18 years ago that I did that, but it was pretty we cool. still do actually. that actually. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, every uh, like during the Christmas season. But the thing that really sucks about it is that they also during do it also do it during Halloween, and uh, you know you kind of want to be like if you if you go to Disney Park on Halloween, you're gonna want to ride the regular Haunted Mansion because that's like the perfect ride for that. But no, you get a Christmas preview with the Nightmare Before Christmas version of the ride. <laughs> okay, so Casey, do you have anything else? Uh, Sherlock gnomes. No. Oh, All right, let's talk about cartoons. Let's watch some. <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> so, uh, oh boy. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, go into the main podcast. Now, if you don't know what uh, we do here, what we do is we watch uh, three cartoons that have fallen either into the public domain or as in a uh, very easy-to-find form, uh, all used on this uh, 600 uh, cartoon collection from uh, Mill Creek. Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a lot of fun to look at these and see which ones are actually worth remembering and which ones are just garbage. Um, so and they died big... for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So we have this big list that we call the list, and uh, yes, we just pick something off this so uh alex i forgot i know i forgot to ask you last time but drum roll please okay so we're getting another farmer alfalfa cartoon oh boy <laughs> hopefully we can find it let me just crank out the generator now yeah <laughs> and this one is called in the bag can i get those old tiny moving fractures working for you Here's the animators not knowing what animals look or act like. So actually, I feel like it's more complicated than that because I what. So the the previous Farmer Alfalfa cartoon we watched was basically a slideshow, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Basically, I mean, kind of. Well, yeah, but you get you get what I'm saying though. Is it 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 wasn't it wasn't animated as much as it was a series of still frames. Uh, that implied animation. Uh, and this one was an actual animated 
cartoon. Not I feel well, like, I but... feel like no, no, no. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm getting at. Is I feel like uh, I and I don't know how early this particular cartoon was in comparison to the ones everyone knows, like Steamboat Willie or the the uh, or like the the Oswald through Lucky Rabbit cartoons we've watched, but like it almost feels like uh, like between the previous Farmer Alfalfa cartoon we watched and this one. It's like that one uh, evolved <laughs> a little bit into becoming a cartoon, uh, yes. and it, it yeah. felt like it felt like they figured out how to show movement. What they haven't figured out yet are things like walk cycles, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, and I I almost feel like the reason for that is just because it hadn't been done much yet. <laughs> You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. like so when the characters move, it looks very unnatural, <laughs> uh, very odd. Like, um, uh, like, uh, you know, in like the old, uh, Mario games, like Mario's run cycle would basically be one arm forward fist raise, other arm forward fist raise. It's like that. Yeah. It's very, very strange <laughs> walk cycle so, animation. Uh, so, but- okay. Um, sorry, I uh, just, I, no, I wanted to look up some, I looked up some information here, and, okay, so the one that we know about, which is, uh, Farmer Al, uh, Farmer Al's, <laughs> Farmer Al Falfa's Wayward Pup, that was, uh, released, uh, in, on May 7th, 1917, which actually, believe it or not, wasn't the first one, the first one was in, down on the phony farm, uh, that was October 12th, 1915, um, but the one we watched, uh, was back, uh, see the one uh, with the the far out wayward pup one that was released by Edison Studios, uh, but this one was released by Fable Studios, uh, and this was actually one of the last ones from that one, uh, and it was uh, nineteen twenty eight. Oh that whoa, that was that's quite a distance between those two. That's eleven years. Yeah, it looks like uh, the final, the last uh, known uh, cartoon to feature Farmer Alfalfa was uh, Uranium Blues, which was released in February 1956. What? So this is a character... Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, this is like a really wow. long-standing thing. Because, see, uh, this this was a cartoon by Paul Terry. Paul Terry, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, has shown up many times because he is also behind Terry Tunes and Fable Studios, uh, both of which we've actually seen several times. And this is actually one of his more well-known characters uh, from that. Uh, dude's got legs yeah like um it's a uh well basically the plot of this is just like it's a very thinly layered plot like the dog one didn't have much plot this has even less it's it's a day of animals having fun at the fair yeah basically like uh farmer fellow takes all his animals to the farm uh, to like a fair to like for a picnic or something, and the thing is that I guess Farmer Alfalfa has a lot of dogs and cats because that's what ninety percent of yeah, all the animals has, that are there he are. Has, there are a few of the common farm animals, you know the the domestic dog, the domestic cat, the domestic pig, the kangaroo. <laughs> standard fair uh, farm animals. I mean, like, he got the kangaroo while trading in for that one dog that beat that, that destroyed everything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they needed a good dog, dog. Yeah, there's there's not a central conflict in this cartoon, right? No, and it's um, um 
I mean, there's not like, yeah, there's no sexual conflict. It's just a bunch of vignettes of animals at a carnival. Animals. And, yeah. And uh, they range from like uh, one, like a bunch of animals going down a slide, but then a really fat dog, he gets really scared when he gets to the top and they're like trying to push him down it. And then when he finally does go down, it makes a big splash in the pool and like drains it basically. Uh, by the way, that dog was adorable. It was um, a good dog, and was there's, there's a yeah. lot of really good dogs. And there's, there's uh, a, let's see, the, the weirdest one was uh, I mean, the so uh, like there's there's one where there's a strange transition where it has like this merry-go-round thing. Like we're going to talk about these out of order because I don't remember the order. There's like this weird like merry-go-round thing that Farmer Alfalfa goes onto, and it ends up spitting him out into uh, a uh, well, like an, an oiled what, pig thing, right? Like, what does it say? The again? grease like, pig. Yeah, the well, grease no, pig. See, and this is, I'm sorry? Well, uh, basically what it is is that it's, uh, it's this is like an old tiny thing that Cirque was telling me. I did not know this was the thing, but apparently <laughs> it was like, it yeah, was like ahead. an old version. It was a, kind of like one of those barrier grounds. It's like, correct, but there's like no safeguards or anything like that. And it's just him and a bunch of animals stand on it. It spins around until they all get flung off. Legit. Uh, if you want if you want to have a fun time, look at some of the uh, old videos taken of like Luna Park and Coney Island like back in the day. They had some like crazy yeah. shit. And like what happens is that uh, that like Farmer Fossa like cl- climbs back on it. When after he gets flung off to starts running around and that happens for a little bit. And then he's flung so far away that he crashes into a party of a bunch of dancing animals. And then a title card comes up and says the greased pig. And it's just, and it's just it very cuts. strange. It's just very strange because it's the only title card that shows up in the entire thing. So it looks th- like something th- out of an indie art film. Yeah, so like, like that's that's what I that's what I said is it's it's like a guy Madden film, like <laughs> where they're like <laughs> showing up. <laughs> There's only four. Card. There's only four lines in this entire thing. There's the well, no, actually five. The greased pig, and then before that, there's uh, the dog who judges the race, uh, and uh, when uh, the he lifts up the mouse after it been crushed by the fat dog, he goes the winner, and that's it. That's, those are the only bits of dialogue or any sort of indication of actual story using uh words that shows up yeah um there's uh let's see there's this there's i think there races. are two races yeah there's a one race Reg- is like a regular running race and that's where that's where the uh walk cycles look the jankiest is during that mm-hmm. section it's very <laughs> weird <laughs> um and then the then there's the sack race which is uh farmer alfalfa and a kangaroo and that's actually the last thing that happens in the cartoon uh and it's like okay so this this short is called in the bag there is nothing to do with that until the very last bits when there's a sack race and literally what it is it farmer alfalfa is in a bag because he's in a sack race that's yeah <laughs> and the the if there was a central conflict and there's not but if there was it's at during the sack race when uh he's racing against a, a solitary kangaroo and the kangaroo keeps kicking him in the back and he gets frustrated and then they get out of the sacks and they box each other because it's a kangaroo or whatever i guess and then he mm. gets chased off screen and uh 
all of the farm animals kind of funnel out after him and chase him for some reason. It's not really implied that he did something to deserve it. <laughs> uh, okay, so what, what was the name of the the uh, the kangaroo from Tekken? Roger, that's right. It just, yeah, I was just trying to... I wanted to make a Tekken joke there, but <laughs> I kind of got a little late there. I just wanted to at least mention the name, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an inexplicable kangaroo. Yeah. Best part of this is uh, when the kangaroo's chasing him, going on all fours after him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you watch this for if you watch this for only one reason, do it just for the weird walk cycles. It's <laughs> uh, it's kind of amusing to watch for none of the reasons it was supposed to be. I mean, there's some joy in the what it was like. There's some whimsy. I I do like some of the dog designs and some of the yeah, cat no, designs. Yeah, no, they're fine. And I like the mice. Like the, all the animal designs are pretty solid. Uh, it just it's a very, um, it looks really janky, but that's because it's like, God, it's like 90 years old at this point. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. But uh, man, good dogs sure. would pet. I'm not really sure if there's a whole lot else to talk about with this one. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I'd um, say so. Yeah. But, you know, it was okay. Uh, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> if, if, we, if we could find a way to post it online, we will. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, we, I, we couldn't find it on YouTube. We'll see if we're able to. We'll see, we will see if we have an avenue to, uh, to provide that. If not, uh, you'll just have to take our word for it, I guess. Or buy the DVD. Yeah, buy this giant 600 cartoon collection. To watch Mopey. Farmer Alfalfa in We're not getting yeah. kickbacks for this. In We're not bag. getting kickbacks. You should stop. We're not getting yeah. kickbacks yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in that case, uh, let's go back. The list! Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Alex, drumroll, please. Huh. Okay. Uh, so we are going to watch a cartoon called Quack a Doodle Doo. I have no idea what this is uh, from. Like it's it, like this is from the disc that has like a bunch of just slapdash cartoons on it. So we're just gonna have to figure it out on our own. So, all right. This sucks. <laughs> uh, this was a a baby Huey cartoon. Who is that? Uh, baby duck and. Uh, by Baby Duck, he's like, didn't they make a movie, like a live action movie with this character at some point? I don't know. This cartoon was this cartoon was so bad it's exhausting, and it's also like, <laughs> it's also like surprisingly morbid. Yeah, so, it's also surprisingly offensive yeah. too. Um, like, ugh. so like it, it had very Looney Tunes ish pacing, which normally I'm a fan of. Some very um, Roadrunner, Wally S. Coyote-like type stuff near the end. Yeah, and it's about... Um, okay, so I guess it starts off with uh, um, a mom duck who is 
uh, envious of the other uh, duck moms in the neighborhood because they all have children, but she doesn't yet. She's a prospective mom, I guess, and her way of inducing... Uh, like this, this part still doesn't make sense to me. Her way of, I guess, in a way, inducing pregnancy, I guess, or or whatever, is by taking an entire bottle of vitamins, <laughs> um, and <laughs> and then and then she lays an egg, and it's a really big egg, and she's uh, she's very proud of the egg, and the the. Neighbors are just in awe at the size of this egg. It's uh, it's just a very large egg. Um, it's super ovulation. Yes, it is. Uh, it is just a big, a real big egg, and it cracks open, and baby Huey comes out, and baby Huey is um, fully formed, like from uh, Zeus's head. Yeah, he's um. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just trying to think. Like the, a, a lot of, I would say that uh, baby Huey is problematic in several ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Like, because um, he is, he's clearly not uh, neurotypical. Like he, he kind of has. Um, so you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think the voice that I mean, they're trying it, to do is is supposed to be kind of emulating uh, Lenny, Lenny from Of Mice yeah. and Men, yeah. And so the, yeah. It, that this character is doing that voice in a very derogatory way the entire cartoon, and uh, and and most of the jokes are just, "Hey, he's fat." Yep, a lot of <laughs> he's jokes fat about and that. He has the um, mind of a child. Yeah, basically. Uh, so because he is a literal baby. Yeah, but actual like, baby, and 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 he's an inconvenience to the neighbors. He uh, uh, he accidentally yeah. drains the pool, which, by the way, that is uh, two for two in in terms of pool drainings this episode. We'll see if we can. Some of these fat things yeah. always pop up between the cartoons. The first one was where good we'll though. Like one yeah. gag, and then we'll show up <laughs> another one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't remember the other examples of uh, of. Baby Huey being an inconvenience to the neighbors. Oh yeah, he he eats all the food. Uh, he ate. Yeah, he swallows all of the food that's in the trough. Yeah, all at once. Um, and some third thing, and uh, and and like their 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 decision like, is this baby. Like like imagine imagine this happening in a real neighborhood. Like this baby is such a burden on us that we have decided to exile him. <laughs> <laughs> like literally an infant you, that's been born for like two days yes, at the very most we are banishing this inconvenient infant and so <laughs> and so they have to leave but as they're leaving the fox alarm sounds because a fox is coming yeah and uh and uh and i was like at first i was excited oh boy we're gonna get a cartoon fox and at first i thought it was gonna be neat uh, then it turned instantly horrifying. That cartoon when... fox design fucking sucks. Yeah, like it, it's like, is the the like the like it's not always bad. Uh, the, it has a buck teeth, which I understand. It has like, buck teeth and fine. sharp teeth at the same time. It, it's not a good. Yeah, look. but 
And, you know, it didn't bother me at first until there's a gag where baby Huey rips his face off and then you see, like, a bunch of his teeth all at the same time. And it's just, like, it was the most horrifying, like, it looked like a rat monster from, like, a, uh, like, a, like a, I don't know, like some game involving radioactive mutants or yeah, something. I think, like, I think this is definitely the most violent cartoon we've seen on the show so far. It's like the cartoon version of um, something from, like, an Italian horror film. Yeah. yeah, so it, it kind of it kind of has that whole sort of. Um, I'm trying to think of an, an analog for this, like where where Baby Huey, uh, is the fox is intending to harm Baby Huey, but Baby Huey unwittingly harms the fox instead. Like uh, there are other characters who do that, but, but, right? But the thing and, is, is that absolutely none of the ins- none of the times where Baby Huey hurts the fox uh are because of baby huey or at least not immediately because like uh like the first one was that uh uh, the fox was gonna swing an axe at him when uh huey was like near a log and uh he swings it and but baby Huey was looking underneath the rock at the time and he just basically swings around around and around and then gets his arms all twisted that's not baby huey's fault that's the fox's fault for not paying attention. And then the other one that I can think of was that uh, Baby Huey's led down a like a plank, where le- which leads to a pot of boiling water, uh, which uh, the fox is like sharpening his knife while watching that go down. That has like a napkin on, and Baby Huey misses it by a little bit, and then the pot like the pot gets lifted up because it like one of the logs like catapults it on top of the fox and he gets trapped into the scalding water underneath a hot pot and like again that's not baby huey's fault that's the fox's fault this wasn't a cartoon the story within right there yeah then the third one yeah (laughs) and then the the third one involves an anvil in some way that's all i remember and that one actually does hit him which actually kind of is shocking that like you see a main protagonist actually get hit by the villain by an actual attack. He just knows. And then there's a part where he goes, Hey, you're actually trying to kill me. And that's like a huge, like what kind of moment is it's like, you don't see that often. Mm -hmm. Like you never get a moment in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's like, like he says, Hey, you're going to kill me. Aren't you? It's like, (laughs) it's like, Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just like, I don't even remember what happens next. Actually. uh, Uh, he, yeah, go ahead. He fights. There, there's a big. There's a big fight, uh, and like it's a big smoke, a big cloud, and then like when uh, it's like then the fox is kicked out, and he only has fur on his face. All the other fur is off, and he's wearing underwear, and then he basically screams off, and then the mother, uh, baby Huey, gets the fox pelts, and the end. And I don't care. They're, yeah, they're unexiled, so everything's. Right back to normal again. Um, so actually, the only the only thing I'm curious about is was that the first Baby Huey cartoon? Um, let me double check that. I think it was, but let me just. I, I was looking actually up Baby Huey on fucking IMDb. They should have stopped there. Uh, yep, it was. Yep, this yep, was, yep. This is the. So this, this is, is the first one. The origin story, the gritty origin story of Baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> and okay so it looks like here that he only had like like one two three four five six seven eight, like 15 theatrical shorts only one of them actually gets a imdb page and uh that <laughs> it's not the first one it's one that i think was also a uh let's see 
It, yeah, it's like, a, uh, all of them starring this guy? Yeah, all starring uh, this guy. And then there were several television shows. Uh, but there, there, there was, was definitely Maddie's a live-action movie, though. Well, I'm getting to okay. that. Uh, it was, it's Maddie's Funnies Funnies, uh, Fun Day Fundies, and it was just one of the shorts there. Same with Casper and Friends, and that was in the 90s. Uh, and then <laughs> there was the Baby Huey show from 1994 to 1995, somehow. Uh, and then he made a cameo in a Casper cartoon, and then once in a uh, Simpsons uh, comic book or something. Prompt for next week. But- Explain why this guy is so popular. Thank you. Yeah. And then in 1998, uh, there was a direct video live action movie called Baby Huey's Great Easter Adventure. Why does this exist? That is a that is a, a surprisingly prolific career for a cartoon character. I think I've seen only one thing of <laughs> as of I've, like 10 minutes okay, ago. I'm, I mean, I've, I've seen a few Baby Huey cartoons, but they always sucked. And the only real thing i can like associate with uh with uh this cartoon character is uh like old cartoon shit posts where like it's a person talking about like saying baby huey is their favorite character ever (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like this because it is such a weird and despicable character that like seemed to just keep on living even though it had no real right to i have no idea what the appeal was but the same people who like Baby Huey also are responsible for all the Twee Bird shirts at Walmart. <laughs> all the gangster uh, look at Twitty Birds. Yep, they're the market. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this cartoon sucks. Yep, it's I hate bad. It. I yep. hate Baby Huey. I'll, Baby he- Huey should go to hell. Um, so who's, go- who's going to save us, HD? Who's we going to save us? I'm going to save us because we are going to cheat. Because we... <laughs> Are we really? <laughs> yes, we are. Because we're dedicated. Uh, now. I wanted to we're watch dedicated. something. I want. I wanted to watch something that wasn't on the list because I wanted to watch it really badly last week because I have a lot to talk about it. Uh, and that is the three bears, and that is the one that is the one that is the meme. Yeah. <laughs> are we sure? Are we? Are we sure this one isn't on this collection? Because I, I, I did a search. I did a search on this list. There was only the only one, the three bears oh, okay. on it, and it was the one that we watched. All right, because I was going to say I thought I, it was a Terry Tunes, but yeah. I don't. No, I have no idea why it's not on this collection. But this cartoon rules, and I want to actually talk about it. So we're going to watch that instead. Perfect. And it's easy to available, so it's does, it's not necessarily cheating. It's just that we're not watching it on the DVD. That's all this that's determined. So okay. All right, to, 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 to the cartoon. Say it with me now. Somebody touched my spaghetti! I didn't know that's what you wanted me to say. It, it seems obvious. About- it seems obvious in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, so, <laughs> yep. um, but yes, uh, yeah, this cartoon is legitimately really good. I really love this cartoon. This cartoon was like- actually pleasant. I enjoyed it. Um, Other than I the think- horrifying accents. Well, okay, so, yeah, the accents are very stereotypical and very borderline offensive, (laughs) but at the same time, okay, so it's clear, okay, 
clearly what they're going for is that uh, as opposed to just like a generic family unit that they're going with here, this is supposed to be like a Italian immigrant family or something like that. Uh, and uh, in, 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 in that case, this is actually pretty damn sympathetic and actually really nice. I, I think it's, it, 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 uh, other, like, I mean, sure. Goldilocks is still kind of a jerk for breaking into their house, but also, uh, they got, like, basically, it's more or less just, uh, hey, there's this cool, uh, look how cool these, uh, immigrant people, like, the father might be a bit backwards, he's a bit wacky, but, uh, you know, he comes around and he's fun I to feel hang like, out with. I feel like the, the big question to me and what it comes down to for me a lot of the times when it comes to these types of portrayals is, uh, whether or not Italian Americans had input whether the they provided voices whether they provided writing i would say that <laughs> well, no, no italian because, americans provided yeah, voices for this yeah and that's and that's 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 where i that's where i would tread lightly when talking about this is is the I mean, dumb i mean sure i mean i'm not i'm not going to say this is like some sort of like progressive piece or yeah, anything like, like well that. like i'm i'm just i'm just putting it out there because i like if if there are like people who are italian american and they are offended by this then i would not be in a position to tell them that they're wrong that's all i'm going no, to say I, about it I'm, I'm not saying that they're wrong yeah i'm not even saying that at all uh i'm just saying it from my personal experience which may may or may not be like uh looking at it a bit like in a different perspective than say like a someone who actually has dealt with this kind of problem or anything, you know, of discrimination. But like, um, as someone who just sees this as, you know, some stereotypical kind of stuff from it, but generally in a good mannered kind of way, it's like, not a, like, they're not trying to portray them as like, yeah. No, like they're, like I feel like, I feel like they're, yeah. I, I feel like any, any, uh, any caricaturization was, uh, um, well, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's difficult for me to say. I don't, I don't know what the stereotypes were for Italian Americans at the time. I mean, there's, I, it's, lo- it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I think, you know, on one hand, I, I think that like, that yes, uh, this is, uh, this does have parts about it that are actually like, a. You know, on one hand, I like I feel like that I like there's not a lot I can really say in terms of like it being like valid or even not like treading really tr- heavily into problematic stereotypes or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I really do enjoy how it's about an immigrant family and they're not the bad guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. So, I have kind of a low standard. Uh, let me for- so like like I feel like I feel like none of us are really all that qualified to say anything politically about this cartoon. So I think that maybe we'd be best off just sort of talking about the other aspects of it. Sure. You know, cause like, sure. I, I feel like, I feel like in general, this was a, this was a really funny cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, there, there are things about it that I like, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't like the character Goldilocks is, I don't like the way that she's drawn. <laughs> I know <laughs> she's, that, I she's kind of, she, she has that kind of creepy girl vibe. Like it's like they're trying to emulate some things of Betty Boop, but at the same time, it's just like not understanding. Yeah, like not it. not not too dissimilar from last week's Goldilocks. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. So, 
Uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. a, but like, but like, she's instead of like, like she's still like, again, she's still kind of a jerk for like doing what she did, like breaking and entering and stuff like that. Oh, sure. uh, but, but at the same time, it seems like, I don't know what her motivation really was for doing this. Cause it didn't seem like that she was trying. No, there there like, wasn't she, one. She just like walked in and she's like, Oh, spaghetti. And, <laughs> and then she started eating it. Uh, and, and that was basically, but then like she knew that the bears are going to come back. In fact, the hunter that shows up, he even mentions goalie blocks and the three bears as an actual story that exists. So did she just knew that this was the family of bears that moved in and then she wanted to like hang out with them. So as a joke, she did this recreated the story. I, I think yeah. during like, the little song that she sang, she said something to the effect of I go where I please or something like that. Yeah, she did say that. Yeah, at, at no <laughs> at no point in this cartoon do you think that Goldilocks is ever intimidated or afraid, which is different oh, no, no, from no. most interpretations of Goldilocks. Yeah, I, I think I think other uh-huh. than like you know the general like she's a breaking and entering person and eating other people's food and breaking the chair, which is property damage. Uh, this is actually one of the most pleasant Goldilocks I've ever seen, well, and I really like her. Here's the thing: like just comparing this to the last Goldilocks and the Three Bears, like base like cartoon short that we saw, they they immediately realized, oh, we're doing a fairy tale. We should switch this up as much as possible. We have we start exactly. with a different perspective. We start with a problem, which is he no practice the fill. Yeah, and it's like like, it's like traditionally in Goldilocks and the Three Bears, it's Goldilocks versus the Three Bears. Yeah. And in this one, in this one, it's uh, it's Goldilocks and the three bears versus the fur trapper, which was and yeah. uh, I, yeah. I want to talk about the fur trapper a little bit because I think that like in like the say in the context of a cartoon where there's like anthropomorphized animals that like talk and like have like a home and stuff, I think what they did with the fur trapper was really cute, and that he's not so much a fur trapper as he is a mugger out to steal bear furs, which they yeah, portray they, as like clothes. And they, the the first scene that features the bear tracker, like as he's like, like the or whatever the the guy who's hunting the bears, like he's approaching with his dog, and uh, and it's it's this really funny. I thought it was a funny joke where uh, the dog's not able to like he's he's not getting a scent, and so the, yeah, and so the the fur the fur tracker the fur tracker is like. Uh, He's he's like you're useless here, and then they switch roles. So the dog wears the hat and holds the gun. And he, and he, <laughs> well, the, uh, the thing about that that's actually really well done too is because like earlier in the short, like because the short starts with baby bear escaping the house mm-hmm. and then getting chased by Papa Bear, and he chases Papa uh, Papa Bear chases him around this trace several times. So that's what he's, the dog is picking up. That's the reason why he goes around the tree again a second time is because that's what the pop, that's what the bears did there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a good little setup and payoff right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know so. Yeah. It's a good so, cartoon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of really good. And this was also by uh, the, 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 the Terry guy, the guy who did Terry tunes, the guy who did the Farber of Alpha. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this is another like later one of his works. Uh, and yeah, it actually, uh, I, I really like this cartoon. Um, it's a fun, goofy short that takes a story that I generally don't like uh, and makes it, uh, you know, interesting and different and uh, makes me really like all the characters. Like, I love 
all three bears. I love Goldilocks. I think the hunter is really funny and incompetent in a really interesting way. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good cartoon. It's a legitimately really good cartoon. And I'm so happy that I discovered this all because of just this really ridiculous line of <laughs> somebody touching my spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, um, that cartoon is good. So let's go ahead and uh, we're going to move on now over to our prompts. So here's what we're going to do. Um, now, basically, what how this works is that uh, people can send in answers to a prompt or a question that we uh, put in the last episode, the previous one, or ones from previous episodes as well. Um, now, you can give us responses either on our Twitter page uh, from like the little – because we usually post the question on their Twitter and you can reply to it. Or you could send us an email uh, to at to, – oh, rather, to ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. And we actually, this month, we actually got a bunch, and I mean a bunch of uh, emails. Whoa, so did we right really? Because I thought, I thought this prompt was going to be one of our least popular because it's, it's a little more esoteric oh, than usual. No, no, we got a bunch of, uh, we actually got a bunch of uh, answers. That but, makes me excited because uh, I think this is one of our best prompts, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, the first thing um, – the first thing I actually really want to talk about uh, is a prompt uh, that uh, – see, we have a listener named Mycroft. Uh, hi, Mycroft. And he's uh. actually written an email to uh, the previous prompt, and he got in a little too late. Uh, so we're going to go with that first. And the previous prompt was, which cartoon character would you like to hang out at a bar as friends? And his response is honestly one that I – I'm shocked that nobody else did. Um I don't know about I don't really know about bars. I've never been to one myself, but I could see a very interesting time tuning out with Roger Rabbit. Fun property destruction to the tune of Merry Go Round the Merry Go Round broke down. Wow, I had a hard time pronouncing that. The Merry Go Round broke down. There we go. And that was for Micro. And yes, that is a that good is choice. A really good process. And he also uh, brought a uh, showed a gif of uh, of uh, Roger Rabbit in that scene, which is a good scene. Uh, and that movie fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, I love that one. All right. Uh, and so uh, next, uh, we have another email from Mycroft. This one about the most recent one. Uh, and first, he kind of, uh, uh, he kind well, of like don't... scolds us a bit for like how we do our things because we kind of, the prompts were kind of a bit late there. Uh, but... Uh, I'm making up to you, Mycroft. I am by reading you this next email. And this one is uh, for the next prompt, which is the one that was uh, this one right here, uh, which was called. Uh, wow. Why am I saying it like this? It was called this. Just uh, say what the prompt is. <laughs> 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 say it. The prompt is what is your favorite cartoon pilot that never went to full series? And uh, the response there at Minecraft was actually really good. Um, I liked some of the potential I saw in The Amazing Screw-On Head, which itself was based off of a one-shot comic. I liked some of the retro tech, the dark humor, and the very noir black shadows of the art style. I particularly liked the, sp- uh, the split flap display simulating a video call between the protagonist and Lincoln. Uh, and he also provided an image of that scene there here, and it looks really weird. And I... 
I've heard of this. I've heard this uh, several times, and I want to actually see it. What? Uh, what? Which one is this? The Amazing Screw on Head. Oh. Oh. I'm not familiar. I think, I think this is going to be an interesting prompt for me because I'm mostly going to be hearing about things for I the first time. I think that's the one where, like, the villain smokes somebody. Like, legit, like, literally smokes them. It seemed like a weird cartoon. Mm-hmm. Now, we also have uh, a uh, response from, uh, let's see, Blackjack. Hey, Blackjack. Um, now, the first, first part of it, I think, is supposed to be a response to the bar question, because his response was just, well, blue, obviously, which, you know, probably would be a good idea to hang out with blue. Probably, Wait, what? Uh, I don't understand. What, what is the question to which blue is the answer? Who do you want to hang out with the bar? Oh, okay. Blue? All right. I said that. <laughs> I said that. Wait, hang on. I, I, didn't, I didn't parse it. Baloo the okay. bear. Oh, B-A-L. Baloo bear. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Baloo the bear. Yes, very good okay. answer. Hopefully not yes. while he's driving. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> he's a, he's a God, pilot. I hope so. Yes. Yes. I not get great. That. I get All that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure the people at home get it. All right. We're professionals, okay? <laughs> We're funny. We're very funny. Anyway. Very funny. Um, uh, so uh, first, uh, Blackjack brings up uh, a show that I'm going to actually talk about a little bit later. Uh, but since he saw someone else talk about it as well, um, he's going to mention that he would like to have seen Constant Pain go to full series. I think it was by the writer of the Angry Beavers, and it looked seriously promising as a retro-futuristic adventure cartoon from Nickelodeon right before 9-11. I think it would have been compared to Avatar Last Airbender if it made the series, and since it seemed to take cues from Pulp Adventure and Johnny Quest, it had nothing but pure lost potential. Too bad we never get to see more, even as a comic. Um, That's a shame. Actually, if if, uh, was that going to be your answer, H.T.? No, 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 no. Okay. That was not going to be my answer. Well, this, is actually, this is actually my answer because uh, he linked this to me a couple days like before we started recording. And oh my god, it blew my actual answer away completely. It is... What is this oh, one called again? This is Constant Pain. This is... That's Pain, constant which pain. is P-A-Y-N-E. It's sort of a story about a... Uh, a father who is sort of like you know the the action scientist characters of like the uh, old pulp pulp novels like uh I think not is it Doc Savage? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, like like uh Alan Moore wrote this. Uh, now I'll get to that. So it's sort of like a it's sort of based on the concept of uh, like sort of the action scientist being a father with a young daughter, like, I think she says she's 13 in the show, and they sort of, like, uh, together as, like, a father-daughter duo sort of deal with, it looks like they were going to deal with, uh, the father's brother, who runs some sort of sky pirate, uh, terrorist organization. Oh, Oh, so... It has a very, like... So... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, God. No, no, go on. I was just going to make a snarky joke. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say it's Tailspin, but that, that's <laughs> No, uh, Tailspin's pretty pulp too, but this is like super pulp. There's like a, it's like a, like Batman the animated series style architecture that's sort of art deco-y sort of thing. 
mixed with uh, Zeppelin cars and stuff like that, mixed with uh, like the weird science that showed up in like thirty serials and stuff. It reminded me. Okay. It's like an action cartoon. And it reminds me a lot of I think the uh, I think the guy who pitched this got like uh, inspired by. There's a uh, comic series by Alan Moore called Tom Strong that was a like really big love letter to uh, the um like the pulp genre in general and like mm-hmm. the main character Tom Strong and that has a I think black hair with like a gray streak going through it and like the father in this one has brown hair with a gray streak going through it and the character looks a lot like him it was it's really really good though like as a pilot I enjoy it very snappy dialogue very fun action very fun villain it's it was just really really good yes all right, and uh, so we have another response here from uh, Chase, who said, um, I remember enjoying Cartoon Hangover's Dr. Lollipop, and like most Cartoon Hangover stuff I was watching at the time that I liked, I was disappointed that it never worked into the show like the others were. Um, I also want to mention Rocket Dog, from also from Cartoon Hanger, that I also enjoyed the most back then. But then I just found out that they're still waiting to see if the full show happens and if they can get it greenlit and it'll be no earlier in 2019. So fingers crossed. Hopefully. I like Rocket Dog. I haven't seen Rocket Dog, but I've heard things about it. I haven't seen that. And one more thing. Uh, he also said he actually wrote a second email because he forgot something. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the weird reboot of Hong Kong Fui that, only, that had an online only flash animated pilot back in the early 2000s on Cartoon Network.com. It only barely counts, but I remember eight-year-old me was all over that, no matter how good it actually must be today. I remember that, So thank actually. you, Jason. I vaguely remember that. I, I, I remember... I kind of wanted to see that. I, I just don't remember what it was. Same. It's a little kid that seemed interesting to me. What was that, Casey? Mm-hmm. I'm not even... I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Let's see here. All right, so we got a, a email from Eli, who said, uh, "If you're asking about what cartoon character I'd most like to hang out with in a bar, I'd have to say Grunkle Stan. I know he'd probably get up to some sh, and he'd probably also uh, get us out of paying for anything and be pretty entertaining in the process. I'd also maybe hang out with a young Fiddleford because he's smart and from the hills, so he can drunkly explain complicated mathematical processes to me, and then I could talk about how he won the 1983 a couple of West Virginia No Hands Pie Eating Contest. Yeehaw. <laughs> uh, <Very good. laughs> um, there's also a little bit here uh, about like some other stuff, uh, but it's not like related to any prompts, so... Um, but yeah, thank you for running in, Eli. Yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, Oh, and we got one from Mikolith. Uh, so he says, What's up, gang? It's me, Miko, the original Yifmeister, <laughs> and I'm here to answer your question. Seeing how I know two of the three of you from a webcomic format that shall remain nameless, you might appreciate the pilot for the Akewick TV series that was never picked up. Even though it was not really a pilot exactly, this five-minute-long test footage is incredibly faithful to the source material. Also, Ray Smuckles uh, is voiced by Toby Huss of Pete and Pete and King of the Hill fame, which is pretty amazing. And he provided a link as well. Thanks, uh, Miko. I might tweet that link out. So thank you, Miko. Uh, And that was just the emails. (laughs) We actually got (laughs) quite a few responses on Twitter as well. 
so, um, you know, while we're pulling this up, uh, Casey, can you go ahead and give you your answer real fast? Uh, to the new prompt? Um, yes. Yep. So uh, mine is almost cheating in a small way uh, because mine is from late 2017. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I like, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be picked up. And I, I I think there's a, I think there's a very small chance of that. And I don't think, uh, and I, I don't think that even the creators are, uh, uh, are very hopeful for it. But there was a, there was a, uh, pilot called Planet Panic, uh, on, on Nickelodeon, uh, last year. And it was, uh, it was like this really, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's, it's, uh, it has a very charming style and it's very, very well animated. Like, uh, like, and that's, that's part of, uh, I think that's part of the problem is that it, it is such a high production quality that I think it would just be, uh, you know, impossible to find a budget for. Um, so, so what is it about? So it's, uh, it's, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's, it's like a, a comedy, um, it takes place in like a comedy, like future utopia where there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's two characters. One is named Pibbles and he's, uh, he's like a little kid. And then there's Zeus guy who's, uh, he's, uh, a cop, I think. And, uh, and then, I mean, I mean like a, a good guy, cartoon cop. <laughs> um, right, right. and, uh, and like in this cartoon, they're like driving on the freeway and they take, it's just funny cause it takes place in this, in this type of future where everything is like so exaggeratedly high octane that people just don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> um, so like, like, you know, like things will be happening around them that are just like wild, but you know, that's just what the future is like. So they just don't really notice, I guess. Uh, and they're like they're like driving on the freeway, and Pibbles is like, "Well, what are we going to do today, Zeus guy? Are we going to like fight a horde of ninjas?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, what are we going to do?" And he's like, "We're going to save a kitten from a tree in the park." And he's like, "That's boring." And Zeus guy is like, "That park." And he points up, and the park is on top of like a giant robot that's fighting a giant <laughs> like monster guy. You know, it's just got like. Uh, I'm gonna have to link it to you guys because it's like uh sounds fun. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun cartoon. Uh, I guess uh, kind yeah, of I guess it's OKKO in a way. Yeah, so like I, I'm I'm sorry I'm kind of cheating on this prompt because I I know that it's not like there's a zero percent chance of this being picked up as a series. Nah, if you dude. need me to choose a pale, if you need me to choose a failed one, I would say Moobeard the Pirate Cow, but I'm not going to talk about it because I already talked about one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so what we're going to talk about next are the ones from Twitter, the response to Twitter. Now, um, Major Medley, uh, well, wow, how did I mention? Major Medley responds and says, The Groovians, it's not a great show, and I'm glad I never got a full run, but it has an interesting presentation, and that is the kindest of thing I've ever heard about the Groovians. <laughs> um, if you don't know what the Groovians is... Um, Go watch it because it is really bad, but in a very the kind of bad that I really enjoy. Honestly, uh, it is clearly the, it was like one of the first CGI TV shows, uh, like for kids. 
uh, and it had a theme song by the B fifty two, the B fifty two, and like, yeah, yeah, and it was basically the aesthetic was like uh, there it was like a bunch of alien people who uh, live on a planet where everyone is square and it's like not like literally square but like uh basically they're like these these two kids they're artists and they want to marry and all that kind of stuff but no like they've got he wants to work the father wants him to work at the boring factory which might as well just be called the boring factory um what and, is this wait, uh, what is this one called the groovians the groovians and uh and then uh basically uh what happens is that he gets uh, the, these two artist kids who their parents just don't understand them get abducted uh, by aliens to the planet Groovian. And uh, but when they go there, they because it was because Groovian is supposed to be this planet that's idyllic where all the artists can flourish and all that kind of stuff. But then they go over there and oh, no, it's this capitalist wasteland now and everyone has got angular shapes and nobody listens to music and it's all about money. And it's like like it, it, it was it's such a product of aging hippies uh, in like the most ham vested way that it makes my eyes roll. But so it, what you're saying is it's no fuck you dad the series exactly like it, it's it's like the uh it's like they're the kind of people like the people who made the show would be kind of like the people who would get mad at an artist for taking any money for any art that they did ever <laughs> like that's <laughs> the kind of, yeah it's 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 so backwards and lame in that way but it's uh it's uh it's it's a funny, interesting little cartoon. Uh, it's an interesting failure. Yeah, it's an interesting failure. And it, I feel like a lot of the heart is trying to be subversive in a nice way, but just in a way that just like, it just doesn't work. It's so lame. <laughs> it's lamer than Fern Gully, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, it'd be interesting to see a full series of this, because just because I would like to see where it would have gone from there. Uh, but basically, it was like one of those pilots that like aired, and then uh, the reception was so terrible that they just kind of hit it. <laughs> um, like I don't even think it's ever gotten the proper release. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dakota James replied and said, "I'll have to either say Jeffrey the Cat Claw and Order, which involved a pet investigator solving a crime to prove a pet's innocence, or." Three Dog Band, which would have been a bit yeah. like an obvious pick, which been an obvious pick, but I like the trio had different personalities, and the song part was fun to watch. And uh, I do you know, love I'm actually Three Dog Band. Three Dog Band like, is really freaking good. Three Dog Band is really good. From what? From actually, never mind. I just saw that on a YouTube comment, so I'm not going to take it as valid. Well, what was it? Uh, somebody on a YouTube comment said that it was either between that or regular show for what was going to get picked up. Uh, that or what? Regular show. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I appreciate regular show. I think I would have enjoyed Three Dog Band more, but I also feel like they're... I'm not actually not sure how a full series of Three Dog Band would have looked like other than more wacky misadventures of a band. But I... I, that, I lo- that, that pilot's real fun, though. Uh, it, that was it, one of the things that I looked at in preparation for this episode, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, Three Dog Band is a really good little uh, short that uh, I, I love the personalities of the dogs. I love how it's like how you could do the retro 
seventies kind of style in a way that's like I that still is really appealing. It, 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 he, like one of the dogs is like a beatnik. One's kind of like a uh, well. What I mean. I obviously love this cartoon because one of the dogs never shows his eyes; it's always underneath the hat. So that's always <laughs> so that means I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, Song's really good too, like you said. Yes. Uh, so Kato responded and said, "Definitely the Broats. The character design for the goats are really cute, and I really wanted to see more of them. I have never heard of this, and I actually did a Google Same. search of this to." figure out what this was and i could not find it at all if you can figure out what if you can like link me anything about this kato please do because i'm curious um baxter Audubon responded and said fish and chipped fish and chip owned and uh so real quickly uh for some preparation before uh this episode i watched a bunch of animated cartoons uh from specifically from the what a cartoons show um and fish and chip was actually one of the cartoons that was on there uh and it actually had two episodes at least two episodes um and basically it's about a bobcat and a shark who are bob bomb diffuse dom bomb wow i can't wow okay bomb diffusal yes bomb defusal experts and they are constantly being uh you know thwarted by uh various uh villains of the week that have bombs really and they have a chief that's really loud and sleeps with a teddy bear uh and i there it 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 belongs in this genre that i noticed when going through all these what are cartoons shows where it's all about uh a dumb but nice guy accidentally getting this smart but jerky guy injured over and over again that is like the entire format of like 80 percent of the cartoons they were on what a cartoon show and uh that's basically what fish and chip was and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i thought it was really fun but i also feel like that that show probably would have been immediately canceled after 9-11 <laughs> Because there is no way to make that shit funny anymore after that. Because <laughs> it literally was all about that. it was literally about stopping bombing terrorists all the time, and it was all goofy and wacky. And bombs would be shot, set off all the time. One of the episodes ended with the building being destroyed. So, oh god, yeah, so that would not fly. Yeah, no, there's no way that would have supplied. Um, all right, so we only have a couple more. Uh, I know, almost done. I swear, Casey. You, we'll, we'll let you go soon, Casey. I'm not impatient. We can go. We're, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. 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 Um. So, uh, Dan responded with the modifiers from Nick. It looked so cool. Uh, and there was also a smiley face uh, or a frowny face in there. I've never actually heard of the modifiers. Uh. Oh man, Casey, have you? Yes, I've seen I've seen the pilot. Oh yeah, okay. what is it about? Uh, I can explain you for you. Take it, Zerk. Okay, okay, sure. Um, so the modifiers it has a very fun, very sort of like British sixties inspired aesthetic to it. It's about a uh, woman named I believe Agent Zero and her like little robot modifying like psychic, like trying to stop a villain called Lord Vile. 
the the gimmick is that she is also a master disguise, so she is also working as his her his like a uh, favorite henchman, Lacey Shadows. It's very fun. That very fun. Sounds, yeah, that sounds actually really fun. Yeah, very fun Cockney accents. Very enjoyable expression work and animation. It's it's a shame that it didn't go to the season. I I I looked. That was another one of the pilots that I looked up for this uh this show, and I really really enjoyed watching it. I admit I'm very uh not very knowledgeable about the Nickelodeon pilots. Uh, really, I'm only more knowledgeable about the stuff that could have been on Cartoon Network because that's more where my purview is. But yeah, um, okay. And then Sapphire Jack responded and said, "Disney would frequently bundled failed pilots and standalone movies. My favorite of these is Cinderella Two, which, in addition to a couple of weak episodes, had one story devoted to sympathizing and exploring the character of one of the evil stepsisters." Uh, I love that kind of thing. And you know what? If I wouldn't like that movie's not good, but I would say that the evil stepsister part is one of the only good parts about it. Like legitimately, uh, like, uh, and you know, I could definitely see wanting to see a full series where they talk more about that evil stepsister's redemption arc, but they also kind of went through the whole redemption arc in the third movie, which is also actually surprisingly good. So, uh, yeah, you probably should see that as well, which actually, just, no, he's uh, actually... go on, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that Sapphire has shown me that movie already. So, but, okay. you know. yeah, just to extrapolate on his point, they also did that with, uh, Atlantis and oh my God, if we're talking about shows with like lost potential, that cast is made for a TV anime series. Yeah. But the, that, that, uh, collection of, uh, episodes was not good. <laughs> it really oh. wasn't. It really wasn't. Damn. No. Oh, okay. Well. So, uh, HT, do we have any more uh, prompts from Twitter? Uh, one more, which was, uh, well, well, two more technically. One's from Zool, and they just also said three dog band, and that's all they said. Um, so, thank you, Zool. Uh, but the other one is uh, the one answer that I had, as well as one thing that uh, Blackjack was going to bring up as well. Uh, so, Cartoon Mouse says, Kitty Bobo, of course. And yes, of course, Kitty Bobo, because that was my response too. Because Kitty Bobo, I have history with Kitty Bobo. Um, oh, so um, I remember because okay, if you don't know, there was like uh, a thing on Cartoon Network that they did only for like twice, uh, which was uh, basically for the Big Pick. I think that's what it was called. Uh, and what it was is that they for two years in a row they uh, had a they listed several pilots of. Uh, different cartoon cartoon shows that they were considering making into full series. Uh, and from those, uh, like from one year, one of the cartoons was for the kitty, Go- the kitty Bobo show, um, which is a really fun, uh, kind of slice of life kind of, uh, like it's, it's kind of, oh, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like mission Hill with talking animals. Uh, and, uh, it's 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 basically about a cat who lives in the big city with his friends who are a cat, another dog, and a monkey. Um, and uh, basically, the the whole pilot is about how he got himself a sinful, and so now he's really cool, and now he's being basically an annoying jerk about it. But uh, it's I actually really freaking love this pilot so much, and I actually rewatched it recently just to make sure it held up, and it really does. Um, and uh, it was the one I voted for back then, and it got second place 
First place being Codename Kid Next Door. Are you serious? Yep. Man, I like the K-Bobo too. That art style is really fun. Yeah, like, uh, if you want to know why I have such a hatred for Kids Next Door, uh, one, other than the fact that it's really lame, it's also because it completely obliterated Kitty Bobo's chance of actually being made into an actual TV show. Um, and it's, I might also be biased because the cat designs are real cute. Well, yeah, but, I mean, like, here's the thing, though. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter that I was getting myself really depressed by looking up a history of a cartoon pilot that didn't go through all the way. Uh, and that was the case for, that was because I was looking up the history of Kitty Bobo because it is really depressing. Um, because uh, it was like really close to being made into an actual show. Like they were actually working on storyboards for more episodes, uh, but then it didn't win that pick. And then they ended up deciding to not just go ahead with it. Uh and so basically that project died for a couple of years. But uh, the creators really wanted to keep on going and they really wanted to make it go. Um, so they actually reworked it all to make Kitty Bobo a little bit younger and decided to make it a uh, show. Uh, they pitched it over to Nickelodeon uh, and that didn't work out. And basically that kind of completely died out uh, for like a good long time, which right there is really sad. But then I looked into the history of the art uh, animators and apparently uh, – just a couple years ago, they started a Kickstarter to start a uh, their own animated series uh, about a girl, um, like a, a girl superhero kind of character. Um, and one of the like one of the rewards was going to be, hey, uh, we'll show you the uh, the storyboards for uh, the Kitty Bilbo episode that we were, we couldn't make because we didn't go through it all. Uh, that Kickstarter got uh, only about it got about seventy five percent into it before it just didn't make it. And then they tried doing a uh, Indiegogo uh, to make this one, and that made even less money. And that is when I got really depressed because there's so much potential in these cartoons, and none of it is being utilized at all. <sighs> so yeah, that's a downer of an ending yeah, for the segment, bummer. but <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, we have Sherlock Gnome to look forward to. Go to hell, Casey. Right. Same curse world. Same curse world. Casey, Same curse world. You, you, you've just tuned out for the last five minutes, you on your Twitters or something like what? that. No, I've been listening. I heard everything <laughs> you said. Okay, I'm going to give you a pop quiz then. Uh, so, uh, um, what is Fish and Chips about? It's about like a, it's about like a shark guy. <laughs> <laughs> There was a shark and a character presumably named Chip. <laughs> no, well, Chip is the main Bobcat character, but sure. Was All I right. wrong? <laughs> you're, you're, you weren't wrong, <laughs> just very, very broad. Um, but okay, <laughs> anyways, uh, that was the end of the show. Uh, this has been Toontown Public Works. Uh, so um, now general cleanup stuff. If you – we have a Twitter it's at Toontown Public, uh, and that's where we post our uh, responses, uh, or rather to our prompts, uh, and that's also where we uh, post all the different episodes, and it's also where we occasionally uh, retweet some things, or, you know, you know, we like hearing from you as well. Like, whenever you talk about Toontown Public, uh, I see it, and I always get a little happy. Um, so, yeah, thank you, uh, you know, just, you know, thank you very much. Yeah. 
thank you guys for all the responses this uh this week it's been it's been a really good one i'm I really appreciate i'm just really happy that the the cartoons had like almost nothing to talk about and there was like a huge cartoon news segment because otherwise this episode probably would have been two and a half hours because <laughs> yeah, so much of this because <laughs> it was such a long saver like we're hanging about the minute 30 mark on my end here i am happy though oh. because like this this was one of our uh, what i thought would be one of our most esoteric prompts and i actually learned about a lot of different properties from uh from people writing in so i've got a lot to look up same mm-hmm. yes oh uh oh uh before uh before we get uh so let's go to the prompts that we are because we're actually doing something a little bit different we're all kind of influencing little prompts together now it's not just gonna be me um yeah we've got a we've got a big document so that we don't run out of ideas (laughs) um Um, so for next week let's see how about this uh casey had one that was what was your favorite cartoon theme song i think that's a good simple one especially since this one was like really Really wordy and verbose. We kind of need a yeah. little lesser. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so let's let's go with that. Uh, so, what is your favorite cartoon theme song? Um, and you can send that uh, either to our Twitter, or uh, you can email us at toontownpublicworks at gmail dot com. Um, now, let's see what else. Now, if you like our podcast, uh, you know, there's two things you can do for us that really will help us out. One is you could rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you get this podcast, really, because um, that really helps us move in the algorithms. It, you know, leaving a review also really helps us, too. Um, the other thing that you can do is just tell someone us about this. Like we we really uh, you know, you telling other people about this podcast that you really like. That's honestly how a lot of podcasts get out of there in the first place. And we're no different. So just, uh, you know. Let people know, like anyone can really listen to this, whether they are of animal persuasion or not. Um, and it's <laughs> uh, it's it's a fun it's a it's really great hearing from all you guys, and it's really good seeing you like recommending us all the time. Um, so our editors are uh, Alex the Lemur and Aki the Dragon, uh, who basically hold this rickety ship together. Um, thank you guys so much yeah, for your help, you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for Alex, and thank Aki for Aki. Uh, and let's see, what else? Is there anything else we need to mention? Um, you can watch the cartoons that we watched today if you check the show notes. Uh, Farmer Alfalfa, we are, we, is not currently anywhere online that I can find, but hopefully we'll be able to find a solution for that. Oh, uh, oh, um, before I forget, uh, we should probably mention briefly that we're having a little trouble with the Three Stooges shorts right now, um, because apparently all of them are now like at some point Amazon decided to get the rights to these shorts and put them on their own thing. Well, we and, I don't I don't know exactly what happened, but they disappeared from YouTube, and I found them for sale on Amazon streaming. So here's yeah. my question: Why? Um, I don't know. They're not that good. Well, no, I they mean, aren't. No, not but good. the people, um, the people, the people who watch it aren't going to know that it's not good. They're going to think, "Oh, the Three Stooges." <laughs> yeah, they're going to watch one and then never watch again. Yeah, so 
but you know, uh, we're we're working on that. We're trying to figure out if there's anything we can do about that, or if we're just gonna have to just recommend you getting the DVD collection or one of these yeah. terrible, terrible shorts on Amazon. Um, Proudly, so. if you if you do Google uh, the Three Stooges kangaroo catchers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, our our we're... pod cover is the first Google image result. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up, we, we did it. Moving on up. <laughs> I mean, like, it's the only thing that because well, we're the only f-ing people in the world talking about that cartoon. Yeah, like, we're the only people who give a sh- about this at all. And it was like, taken away from us. Yeah, I know they, they stole it from us. Those bastards. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. Thank Amazon. you, Jeff Bezos. I hope you yeah. f-ing go in. I don't know. I hope you become very I, sad. Yes, I, I'm very and bad also, at being insults. Also, I hope we expropriate your wealth in the revolution. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> that's a good that's that's a good point. That's yes, I agree. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Now, I I guess all that's left to say is, I'm H.C. the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works, and these cartoons have been archived. Mm-hmm.